This episode of The How of Car Washing is sponsored by Diamond Shine. Diamond Shine is the premier car wash chemical manufacturer dedicated to maximizing the profitability and performance of car washes nationwide. Visit diamondshine.com today to learn from the industry experts. Welcome to the How of Car Washing, the podcast that helps the car wash owner, operator, and manager address the challenges and opportunities associated with building and running automated car washes in today's fast-paced environment. And now, here are your hosts, David Begin and Henry Lopez. Hello, and welcome to this episode of the How of Car Washing. This is your host, David Begin. Hello, Car Wash Nation. We are about to finish up the first quarter of this year. Hope that you uh, met your goals for this year. It's really interesting. We've had great weather here in the West, in Colorado. Uh, super snows. We just, uh, you know, we're ending March here, and we just got covered up with snow. We had uh, a weather phenomenon about two weeks ago, I think, called the cyclone bomb. I never heard that term before, but we had such a low pressure system um, that it created some massive blizzards. And I think at one time we had about 1,500 cars that were stranded here in Colorado Springs where people just had to abandon their cars to get out. We had a, a record wind of 97 miles an hour at the Colorado Springs Airport. Uh, which was unique, and we were actually stuck in the mountains. We didn't get to come home for that, so I didn't get to experience that. We came home the next day, but uh, we've had a tremendous amount of good weather, good snowpack. You know, one thing we look at in the Mountain West is, you know, we're always keeping our eye on snowpack because snowpack turns into water, which gets into our reservoirs, and that's what we use primarily to wash cars with. And we've got to watch the drought conditions. We're extremely susceptible to drought in the Mountain West. So I'm always taking a look at snowpack reports. And on average, our state is about 150% right now of normal. So we've had some great, great uh, snow. The reservoirs are going to be filled. The ski resorts are staying open till um, Memorial Day. So everything's good in this part of the world. And it's interesting because I talked to my friends in other parts of the country. Uh, oh, we had a ton of rain. You know, we just, we just haven't had what we wanted for the first quarter. And um, you know, the, the rain factor is, is always something to consider, you know, when, when you start talking about, you know, your volumes and things like that. And, and so it's interesting talking to my colleagues across the country, uh, about, you know, where they're at. So hopefully you're finishing your first quarter strong, you got all your taxes done, you got all your goals, you know, you're executing on your goals that you set for this year and, um, you know, your team is focused. So I hope that's, uh, that's the case for you. Um, I'm going to give you a quick Dave's tip. So uh, one thing that I've uh, kind of thought about, uh, you know, what, what do I do that I think is interesting? Um, one thing I've been focusing on this quarter, getting my guys, uh, you know, we, the hours of operation that you open your wash, you know, is, is really around what your customers expect and what you expect versus um, what your limitations and requirements are for your employees. So, I know some car washes that are open from eight to five. They've got one particular shift that comes in. Uh, you know, we stay open later uh, just because our, our model allows us to do that. So we open pretty early. We're in a military installation town. We've actually got five military installations here in Colorado Springs. So, you know, most people, most of our military customers are at work pretty early. So they get to work at 715 or 730 is when their shift starts, sometimes at seven. But we open at seven o'clock. 
and uh, we close at eight o'clock in the summertime. And one thing I've really concentrated on my employees doing is I want them to be open a few minutes early. So I've really kind of focused them on, hey, I want you to open 10 minutes early. Uh, so I want you to be ready. Chain is down and ready to wash cars at 6.50. And I want you to stay open 15 minutes after 8 o'clock. So we don't close the wash until 8.15 in the summer. And we close at 6.15 in the wintertime. But I, I want to do that because, again, this is based on customer focus and you have probably experienced where you've been at a store and it opens at 10 o'clock. This was an experience I had a couple of weeks ago. I was going to an uh, athletic clothing store and it opened at 10 o'clock. And I went up to the door at 9.58, 9.59, and it's not open. And so I've got to stand around and wait, you know, until they open the door. And I'm looking in the window and I see all the employees standing around milling, um, you know. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. You know, I've got to wait two minutes for them to open the door, but they're not going to open until 10 o'clock. And from my perspective, there's really no good business reason to do that other than employees just don't want to deal with customers. And it's the same thing when you've gone to a place that's closed. So you're, you're rushing to get to a place, whether it's a bank or, you know, whatever, and they close at six o'clock, then you get there at 602 and they're closed. And the experience that that leaves for you as a as a customer is just a bad experience, you know, that, so there's no reason why, you know, we publish our time that we close at six and we're going to stay open at six fifteen. And if somebody comes up late, five minutes late, I want to be able to accommodate them and, and get them in. It's not about the employees. It's not about us. You know, the focus is about how can we accommodate our customer and how can we provide good customer experience? So that's one Dave's tip for today is, you know, think about maybe opening a few minutes early and closing a few minutes late so you can accommodate those customers that get there early and you can accommodate the customers that are running late that still want to wash their car. So good. Okay, great. I have been under the weather the last three or four weeks, so I am behind on podcast. I don't know what, something hit me after I went to the Southwest show, got home, and I got a tsunami of, of illness. And boy, I've been laid out the first two weeks and I'm still in recovery phases. At least I feel somewhat normal, but it seems like anymore it's tougher and tougher to get over these flu bugs or whatever is flying around. So I'm behind on my podcast. I want to make sure I get this one done today. I'm recording this early in the morning and uh, giving some thoughts here to this whole thing about processes. So um, you know, I read an article by Maria Quatrone who talked about, she's a real estate agent. She talked about her secret to success. And she, she was interviewed to say, what, what are the best indicators of the success of a company and she basically says there's three things. I'm going to focus on one of these. But she says the people that you hire, the process and systems that you create, and the overall culture of the organization are the three best indicators of how an organization is successful. So I want to talk about processes. So if I have to boil what I want from my organization to one word, and, and that can get kind of difficult. What I want from my car washes and what I want from my employees and what I want for my customers is consistency. I believe that's probably the best attribute that we can provide our customer is a consistent experience. Now, again, I've got very high standards and I'm sure you've got very high standards as well. And so striving for consistency is challenging. And the higher your standards, the higher you know, the less likely you're going to meet the consistency every time. But 
like I tell my employees, I, I want you to work at a place that has high standards. I'm not going to lower standards because it's too difficult or I don't care. We're going to be a place. I want you to be proud of where you work. And the way you're proud is we create a great customer experience. And the way we do that is create consistency with high, high standards, high expectations. And she kind of talks about this from a restaurant experience. So if you think about your favorite restaurant, and I've got a favorite restaurant, and I was thinking about the episode from The Office where Michael was talking about, you know, oh, my, my old favorite restaurant closed, and my, I don't like my new favorite restaurant. You know, we've all had experiences where we know when we go to a restaurant that we really love, you know, we love it because of the experience we had in the past, and we're looking for that consistency. And when we go... And say, for example, it's a different chef and that recipe for your favorite dish got changed a little bit because the chef wanted to experiment or it's a different chef or the restaurant got bought, it changed ownership. And so now, you know, the recipes are not the same. And when you go, you go, well, this is not the same as it used to be, right? And we've all experienced the lack of consistency when it comes to providing any type of service, whether it's restaurants or car washes or dry cleaning or things like that, you know, we expect consistency. And I think that's important. So when we think about from my car wash, you know, what do I think my customers expect? So I think they obviously expect a clean car. So they want to make sure the car that they're, you know, they're getting their car clean because that's why they're showing up. They have an expectation that we're going to do it rather quickly. So even though they see a line, we focus on production and we're able to get the car through relatively quickly. So even if there's a line, they have an expectation of how long they're going to wait. And surprisingly enough, most people are willing to, to, to wait and get in that line because they know that the line's going to move quickly. They expect, if they decide to vacuum their car, they expect the vacuums to work. So they expect when they pull up to a stall that the hoses are clear and, you know, the vac overall vacuum suction is good. And then they expect us to be able to respond to whatever request they have. So obviously, if you're focused on an unlimited club, um, it's really important to be able to, you know, respond back. So if somebody has cancellations, they have questions, they have issues, you know, they expect for us to get back with them in a timely format and be able to help them and deal with their issues. And then they also expect to be able to see our employees. So they, we have an expectation that an employee is on site on the lot at any given time, and they ought to be able to find an employee. And if they've got certain issues with a rewash or they've got issues with their vehicle, they got questions, you know, they need to be able to, to answer that in a, in a timely format and get their, get their questions answered. So she says, you know, really the way to do that is by being able to create processes. So this is an area that I really struggle in. I mean, this is not an area I'm really good at because I really haven't kind of created, it's not my strength, it's not my forte. And I just really haven't found a process or a system that works. And that is an excuse. So there's no excuse for me to be able to do that um, because I, I need to be able to document processes. And I think if you create a process as an owner, if you have an expectation, if you have a standard, you've got to find a way to communicate that to all your employees in a very consistent manner. And if you remember the game telephone when you were a kid where you whispered in somebody's ear and it went through 10 people, and we always laugh because the phrase that we started with was nowhere near the phrase that we ended with. That's typically what happens in organizations if you don't have documented processes and procedures and documented expectations. So the act of being able to write that down, I think, is very, very important um, because you got to be able to communicate that in a very consistent way. You know, as an owner and as a manager, 
or, or as even as an employee, you've got a way that you want to run the car wash and, and you've got it in your head of what your expectations are and what you want. And if you don't get that down in a format where everybody can read it in a consistent manner, then what you're going to have is you're going to have Bill's interpretation of your standard. You're going to have Susie's interpretation of your standard. And those are probably going to, A, not be what you want, and B, it's going to probably be a lot less than, than what you're hoping for. So that's the reason for being able to write down uh, processes. Um, so how does anybody really know what you want? This kind of goes back to my discussion that I was talking about earlier when it comes to expectations, is you've got a certain level of expectations. I'm sure it's in your head. And if you don't communicate that, you know, you get what you get. And it's interesting sometimes what you have to write down and what, what you don't have to write down. I, I think for the most part, you've got to assume that anytime you end up with an issue or a problem, it's probably a failure in the processes that you've created and you've documented. And I'm going to give you an example of one I ran into yesterday, and I think that's why this is so prevalent, is we were end up getting one of our car washes. You know, we get mail at our car washes, and we've got like a, like a common mailbox. So one of our car washes, we get mail delivered inside. The other one, we got to go to a common mailbox to, to pick up the mail. And so we've got a relatively new manager there. And we were getting bills that were like three weeks late. So, and, and a lot of it had to do with the snowstorms that we've had this March. But, uh, we, you know, we were getting in insurance bills that were overdue. We were getting certified letters that that the insurance company was going to cancel us. I mean, and I don't like that. I, you know, I start freaking out when I see those things and I'm going, what in the world is going on here? And so uh, my bookkeeper did some investigation and found out that we weren't receiving the mail in a timely, in our central office in a timely manner. So I called up the manager and I said, um, are you checking the mail? He goes, yeah, we're checking the mail. I go, well, how often are you checking the mailbox? Oh, we check it about once a week. And I realized that this is a millennial thing. So I kind of had to let it go because I'm like, I grew up in the age where we, you know, mail is the way bills came and, you know, you had to get your bills open and you had to get them paid on time. And, you know, I, I lived in the days before email. And so, you know, that was the primary method of communication. But for you know, the younger generation, I realized that mail, you know, most people don't look at mail unless they're getting a package. You know, they don't really consider it or think about it because there's nothing really important that uh, comes in the mail anymore uh, that we want to take a look at. So, but as I was kind of, again, I got frustrated and I'm like, what in the world's going on? But I realized, okay, this is a failure in a process. And something as simple as checking the mail, I need to create a process and I need to write it down that we check the mail every day, uh, whether it's delivered or whether it comes in a box. And then that mail's put in a, a folder, which gets delivered to the central office at least twice a week so that we can get it timely so that we can process it if it's an invoice or a bill. But to me, that was a great example again. And I always go back now when, when I get, you know, I find my blood pressure rising about something that's not happening. I say, okay, what's the failure in the process? What's the failure in the system here? that's creating this situation. So, um, you know, good example for me, it was a good lesson. Hey, you know, I can't assume that my employees understand the importance of mail and, you know, why we need to get it on a timely basis. So I'm going to sit down and write a process today on checking the mail. So what do we need to do from a process perspective? So this is a huge animal. And I think the thing that keeps me from doing it is, in fact, it's so overwhelming. Because if you think about the car wash 
process. There's hundreds and hundreds of processes that probably need to be documented. But I think you can't think about it that way. I think what you have to kind of do is you're going to have to ask yourself, okay, I'm going to set a goal of writing three processes a week. I'm going to set a goal of writing five processes a week. I'm going to set a goal of writing two processes a week. If you wrote two processes a week, you know, you'd have over 100 processes documented by the end of the year. And again, I'm preaching to the choir. I'm not great at this. I don't have nearly the number of processes documented that I need to. But I think if you take it small chunks and you don't get fancy with it, I think you can get this accomplished. But I think it's one of these things you've got to be diligent about and you've got to do it consistently. Uh, so, again, I think for the most part, you've got to write it. It's got to be in a written form. It's got to be in a place where it's got to be on a piece of paper where everybody can see it and everybody can read it who needs to be able to access it. But it's got to be in a place and a common place. So whether you've got shared file servers, whether you've got a website intranet that you put all your forms and your documentation on, uh, whether you've printed out a manual or you've created a manual, I think it's important to be able to do that. So, so first of all, write it down. Here's the process. So let's talk about the mail. We're going to check the mail every day. And then you've got to be able to, in most cases, say why that's important. So uh, I think most people nowadays really want to know the why of what they're doing. So the reason why we need mail is because we get time-sensitive information that we've got to process and we've got to be able to access it sooner than later, uh, either process the invoices or process notices or whatever's coming in. We've got to be able to do that. So that's the why. And then you got to identify if there's a multi-step process. Now, checking the mail, it's pretty simple. So go out there, stick the key in the, in the box, open it up, bring it inside, put it in the folder. So you might feel like you need to document that. You might feel like you don't need to document that. Whatever the situation is, you know, go ahead and write that down. So write down the process and the step. And then the other thing I would say you need to consider, the fourth thing I think you need to consider, is there any exceptions to that rule? So I don't think there's any exceptions to checking the mail. Uh, you know, obviously if we're closed for a day or we've had a blizzard, nobody can come in and, you know, we'll check it the next day. But I'm not sure there's, in much case, if there's any exceptions you know, you might decide to give your team some latitude when it comes to customer service. So, um, you know, if you've got a rewash policy and you say, you know, you rewash the car, the customer was unsatisfied the second time, say, hey, you know, let me give you a free wash for next time. Come back, try it again. You know, I think we can get some more of this clean for you. But, you know, you might say, okay, I'm going to give you the latitude or the discretion in a rewash situation to give a free wash if you decide to. Um you know, or whatever it is, but just make sure you document that. And, you know, for every rule, there might be an exception and you might want to consider that. So I think those are the four things you need to do to write a process. Just write it down, explain the why. If there's multi-steps in the process, go ahead and do that. And then write down if there's any exceptions to the rule. So that's pretty much what I want to talk about today. It's the one thing I've got top of mind, I think, for any good business whether it's real estate, whether it's a restaurant, or whether it's a car wash, you know, the quality of your operation, I think, will be a direct result of the quality of the processes that you've created and the expectations and your ability to get that communicated to the entire team so they understand what's expected. And I think that's really the key, and I think Maria believes that as well. That's the key to a high-performing team is the ability to, uh, to document what it is you want and document how to do it and make sure everybody's doing it in a very consistent manner. So at the end of the day, 
when you think about your customer, and that's that's been my focus for the last 18 months with my team is really focusing on the customer. When you provide that experience that's consistent, these are the reasons why it's a good, consistent experience. So appreciate the time today. Thanks for joining me. If I uh, would love for you to do, make a comment on our website at thehowofcarwashing.com. Uh, you can go to iTunes or Stitcher and make a comment there. Appreciate any any feedback you've got. If you've got ideas for episodes, we'd love to hear from you too. So go to our website, leave a note if you will. And we'll talk to you next time on the How of Car Washing. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the How of Car Washing. For more information, links, and other resources, please visit thehowofcarwashing.com and leave us a comment if you have a topic you would like discussed. Thanks for listening, and we look forward to having you next time on The How of Car Washing.